I'm Lisa Stone. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Parenting Aces. Welcome to the Parenting Aces podcast. I don't know if you've been pulling these late nights like I have watching the Australian Open, but oh my gosh, I am so tired, but so pumped up about watching these amazing players in action. The Going to the Australian Open is definitely on my bucket list, and I'm really hoping to get down there for the slam at some point in the not-too-distant future, but for now, I have to just be satisfied with watching these amazing, amazing athletes on TV and following along online, but uh, anyway, if any of you are down there live and in person, I am super jealous, and I hope you have just a phenomenal time. So, this week we are talking with Alexei Jarinov and Alexei was born and grew up in Siberia of all places and found his way to the U.S. to play college tennis when he was a teenager and has since made his home here, developed his skills and has been coaching and his most recent endeavor is to publish a book and it's called The Russian System, A Proven Method for Raising a World-Class Tennis Player. And graciously, Alexi is offering a very nice discount to the Parenting Aces audience, so be sure and check out the show notes this week to find out how to get your discount and your copy of the Russian System book. But it was very interesting to talk to Alexi. I've never had the opportunity to speak at length like this with someone who grew up in Russia. And I've read, you know, several different articles and accounts of growing up in the Russian tennis system, uh, you know, and, and learning about Spartak and, and the emphasis on technica, which you'll hear Alexi say much more beautifully than I just did. <laughs> but I, I was really fascinated to hear his story and to give him the opportunity to share it with y'all. So I hope you enjoy this week's episode with Alexi Jarnoff. And with that, I will be quiet and let you delve right into this week's show. Alexi Jarnoff, thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the Parenting Aces podcast. I'm so glad to finally get the chance to speak with you. Thanks for having me, Lisa. So I love to have my my guests give a little bit of background on their life in tennis, especially my first-time guests. So I'll just ask you, how did you get started in this game? Well, uh, I, I grew up in the Novosibirsk, uh, Russia. Uh, uh, big big town in um, in Siberia. It's, it's actually a capital of Siberia. And I uh, my first sport was gymnastics. So I was I was doing that from from age six to eight. And then the truth is that that was no fun at all. And the, the coaches were making us cry and stretching us like crazy. It was like all all serious. So needless to say, that's not was the, it wasn't the sport that was. Uh, Looking forward to participating every week. So my my dad, kind um, of was a jack of all trades. He played a whole bunch of different sports, and uh, one of his friends was coaching tennis. So he one day he kind of asked me, "Hey, you wanna you wanna try tennis?" Because he 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 thought that I'm gonna like break my neck doing gymnastics. That that was his reasoning. So then I started. Uh, 
you know, going to tennis classes and, you know, given my gymnastics background, I was way more athletic and coordinated than most of the kids. And like, in literally in a matter of months, I was already rallying and playing against high school kids. It was, it was like, it was so, so quickly I got, I got better. And then him and I stayed afterwards and kind of uh, practiced extra outside of my classes. So, so I got hooked and, you know, they just kind of started us on the, this long journey of playing tennis. So my dad I eventually became my coach, and he coached me for 10 years. Um, he uh, kind of went through a, a stage of trying to delegate the coaching to, you know, other other people. Eventually, he, he decided to do it himself, and he kind of learned the technique. He talked to all the, you know, best Russian coaches at the tournaments, and Kind of gathered his uh, his coaching database, if you will, and uh, yeah, and became became quite good at it. Eventually, it was some bumps in the road here and there, but yeah, he and eventually he actually quit his uh, day job, and now he he does coaching full time. So, wow. so back to kind of the the Richard Williams approach to bringing up a a great tennis player, huh? Yeah, it was it was. Uh, yeah, it, 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 I'm not I'm not too familiar with the Richard Williams, but yeah, it's uh, it's more more of a hands-on like parenting, and and uh, there's there's some uh, some similarities with the uh, with, uh, with Richard Williams, but yeah, he's 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 done a lot, and you would take us to tournaments. He found um, sponsor uh, at, at this rich businessman. So my dad convinced him to, to invest in me, and so I I, I went to um, Italy to train at the academy after after high school. I was going to ITF tournaments all over Europe, and it was I mean he's he, I can't really overstate how much he's done, you know, not only for like for coaching but also like as a manager and and the fitness coach and what, what have you. That's amazing. And so you wound up coming to the states eventually. Can you talk about that? Oh uh, sure. So right after I I I got back from from Italy, uh, from from training there when I was eighteen, I believe, and I came back home to Russia, and there's not really not much happening there in terms of you know academies or you know any kind of thing. So I was already you know playing like professionally. So so you have to go you know travel. So I, I got there and there's really nothing for me there. And I, I talked to one of my friends. He was working with the, this American businessman who who's uh, from Minnesota originally, but he he moved to Russia. He married he married his kids. So he just he's totally like all, all pretty much all Russian now. But his his family is is from Minnesota. So my my friend convinced him to kind of take a chance and invest in my in my trip to the states and to see how. How good I really was because it's you know it's a, a big fish in a small pond kind of a deal in in uh, Siberia and how would that translate to a big market like U.S. So he's like whatever you know we'll, we'll, uh, my my family will meet you there at, at the airport wherever they will put you put you uh, a hotel and arrange some players to play to see how how good you are so. I came to the states for literally for one month. I had a I had a stamp in my passport. I uh, 
show up this fam- this family met me they didn't know not- nothing about tennis whatsoever so they got me like a couple lessons at the club just just like local pros to hit with so i i played with them and uh, i think the second one was the uh, um best friends with the head coach for the university of minnesota and and they got got in touch this the second pro guy called the coach and said, "Hey, this this guy here from Siberia just kind of showed up. You know, you should take a look." So then, the following day, I, I come out uh, play uh, with the University of Minnesota team, and I beat I think three of the top six guys in, in that practice. And you know that naturally, you know, raised the coaches' eyebrows, and they like pretty much offered me a scholarship like immediately. Ended up in that stain. I took all the English tests, and yeah, the rest the rest is history. Been you know played amazing college career, great, amazing fun, and and uh, yeah. That would... And having grown up in Siberia, I guess being in Minnesota wasn't a huge shock in terms of the weather, right? I mean, hmm. you were used to that freezing cold weather. Yeah, that's it's kind of it's funny. Everybody says you used to it, but you really never get used to it. But it it is very very similar to where to where I was from. So yeah, it was it was not uh, not shocking from, from, right. the, from the weather standpoint. And so since uh, your college career, what have you been doing? Well, after after I finished my. Um, College. Uh, I, I tried playing pro. I think it was. It started like in the in the summers between my college years, where I could do it, and then uh, played a little bit afterwards. And then pretty much right after, I uh, I started coaching in in 2005. That's where I kind of started coaching full time at the at the club in uh, in Minnesota, and then I worked at the country club there for for seven years on uh, on my work visa. So I've been I've been full time coaching since 2005, so it makes it for 12 years now. And so is your focus the, mostly with juniors or with adults or a mix of both? Um, well, it, it's historically it's been all juniors. Can given my background, I kind of naturally attracted you know, kids who were who actually wanted to do something with, with tennis and you know aspiring junior. I mean, they aspire. Uh, College players and mm-hmm. pros and whatever the the the, the serious kind of serious minded kids. Those are usually the I personally gravitated towards myself as well. But you know, I, I did a mixture of both. I, I obviously work at the country club. You know, probably the majority of the kids there. You know, are not you know trying to win uh, Wimbledon. But, <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> So, so you've yeah. you've recently you've written a book, and and I'd love for you to talk about your book and the inspiration behind it, and what you're hoping parents and players and other coaches can learn from your experience. Yeah, so you know, like I said, I've been coaching since uh, 2012, and I've, I've coached many. In many states in in U.S. and I also coached a uh, little little bit in Italy, but but I definitely seen the the, the coaching approach uh, that that my my dad used and and what they used 
in Russia. And um, I just, uh, yeah, honestly, kind of this this idea of of, of this uh, Russia system book stem from them and a feeling that uh, a lot of parents are not quite getting the the idea of what it will, what it would take for for their kids to actually succeed in tennis in the in a competitive tennis so so my my goal was kind of give them the the clear picture and clear direction and kind of you know open their eyes a little bit and and uh, put the right priorities in in their tennis training and their kids training so yeah just kind of you know also see a lot of a lot of um coaches are not kind of doing their job you know well in, in my eyes so just kind of between those two I was like man I, I gotta do something and uh, and really you know do try to do for our parents what you know my dad eventually learned and and and, and did for me so let's talk specifics I mean one of the things I love is right off the bat in your book you say the development of a junior tennis player can cost over $100,000. Are you sure you're on the right track? And I love that. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. there it is right in your face. This is an expensive proposition, and parents need to go into it with their eyes open. And you, from the get-go, as a coach, I feel, you know, put that out for the parents. So, you ask the question right from the beginning, you know, are you willing to make that type of financial commitment for your child to reach his or her highest level in the sport? Yeah, well, that, that's, that's kind of the, you know, that, that, that's the thing, you know, it is, it is extremely expensive in, in the, for what I see, you know, a lot of parents spend, you know, like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars and in actually, the result is is not that great because the it's it's not it's not just the time it's not just the money it's it's the it's the training how 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 it is done you know it has to be effective at the end of the day that that's what the you know coaches should be doing the the the, the kids should be progressing they should be learning right stuff and if they if they're not you know like I, I talk in my book they're actually becoming worse off in the long run because I'm doing, you know, bad habits and, and bad training is, is extremely difficult, which I know, you know, by my own experience. Oh yeah. Right. It's, it's that, that's the, that's the whole, you know, the whole, the whole thing for uh, my mo- motivation. It is very expensive. It is, uh, you know, time consuming and, and, Parents better do their, their due diligence and their homework, and that's that's kind of what my book is about. Just give them some resources how how to see things maybe a little bit more clearly, and you know, steer their kids and not waste so much time and money. Mm-hmm. So, what makes the Russian system so different? Um. Well, the the first. The first and foremost is it, it focuses on on technique. I believe a lot, a lot more than you know other systems that that are out there. Yeah, yeah. The technique is is really the the cornerstone, and it has to be 
it has to be at the, at the very, very high level because, you know, since we're talking about competitive, you know, say division one or professional tennis players, now you, you enter in the, the world market, it's good enough or average is, is not going to cut. So the, the quality has to be extremely high just to break through all, all other players that are out there. So technique in, in focus on that is, 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 I would say, number one. And number two, it kind of stems from that. In order to achieve it at a very advanced level, you, you start from, from simple and you, you, you progress. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it has to be done in progression. You can't just start playing matches with, with, the, with the good technique. You drill, you, you drill, you actually start with shadow stalking. That's a, that was very, very common in, in my household. And I know in, uh, in Russia, it, it, it's really widespread. And just go all the way down to rallying and match play and, and try to keep that, that form. But uh, um, I think that more, more broadly, just would like to have, have a um, clear priority established for, 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 my, for my readers, for the parents, because it's going to establish this overall arch, like how, how uh, particular you have to be with, with all areas of training if you, wanna, if you want to, your kid to succeed at international level. So, mm-hmm. yeah, th- th- those probably the, the three biggest components you know i think i think a lot of my um my audience is familiar with the spartak tennis club and uh kind of the history of spartak and daniel coyle wrote about it and you know i've written about it too and various articles on parentingaces.com and one of the things that really jumped out at me about spartak and the training that goes on there, at least historically, is the fact that, as you said, this whole idea of technique, and it's, what's the Russian word? It's technica or something? Yeah, yeah, technica. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. It sounds much better when you say it. (laughs) (laughs) Good good job. Okay, good, good, good. Um, So this whole notion of making sure that the technique is perfect, that it can be replicated over and over and over ad nauseum before even a child's um, allowed to use a racket to make contact with a ball. The the shadow swinging is, is huge in the training process and perfecting that technique. And until that technique is perfected, the child doesn't move forward. So, mm-hmm. you know, in the U.S., I wonder how that would fly because we put such an emphasis on making sure that our kids are having fun, especially the little ones, you know, when they're first starting out in the sport. And yeah. so translating kind of this Russian system of technique and you know, um, repetition after repetition into a, a U.S. training environment that is almost, you know, it requires that there be a fun element to the process. How do you do that? Is that a challenge for you? Or do you just say, you know what, <laughs> this is the way I do it. And 
if this if this is something you want, then you're going to buy into it. And if it's not, there are plenty of other people out there doing it a different way. Oh yeah, that's that's a that's a great question. Um, well, for, first off, you, you kind of touched on it. Uh, you know, parents and and kids who who come to me, they they usually already have um, motivation. You know, especially the kids. You know, if if they don't if they don't have the drive and really desire to get good, there's really not much I can do. I mean, if they if they just get getting the kicking and screaming and 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 then I'll impose on them shadow stalking and and, and drilling, that's just not going to be going anywhere. So the kids who are, you know I I tend to attract actually really want to be be good at tennis. So so for them it's uh you know. In, in a way, it's in, maybe not not always fun, but it, it is it is a fun aspect for them to get better and to be really, you know, challenged. You know, that that's kind of the the ideal quality that that I'm looking for. And actually, you know, quite a few kids that that I'm coaching at the moment uh, possess. So so for them, it's going through all this, you know, growing pains and learning the the right mechanics, and you know, that's that's part of the fun. But I, mm-hmm. you know, in, ter- in terms of putting it on um, on uh, on a bigger U.S. U.S. scale, um, I mean, it's a, it's a it's a hard question. It's kind of it has to do with the individuals and what what the families set their goals as. You know, it's it's as simple as that. If if the goal is to to play at the high level, you have to be willing to to pay a high price. And, and and if they don't, it, it, it's it's totally fine, you know, to to each his own. And there's definitely, you know, tennis has a lot of a lot of shades of, you know, d- different levels, you know, playing for fun, playing competitively, and all all in between. And it's totally, you know, every everybody can exist. But uh, I mean, I I try to just you know, uh, explain in on, on the first point. I just like to keep it light, lighthearted, and in between my, you know, drilling sets, and just kind of joke around as, as much as I can to kind of I call I call it the brain rest, because like both you know the students and and myself are thinking you know whatever whatever the length of the set ten fifteen minutes, so we just kind of all like in it you know working adjusting every every ball okay you know you gotta do this do that. You know, I'm I'm trying to relate my information in all these different ways, just to make sure they they get it. They trying to receive it and implement it. So it's it's like really tough mental, you know, mm-hmm. exercise. And then when when we're done with picking up balls, we just kind of joke around and you know just kind of just let them rest a little bit and kind of tune out, you know, their brain a little bit, and then we go back in. So that just kind of my my way of you know help, helping them kind of not lose their marbles. <laughs> <laughs> no, I I get it. I mean, it yeah, the training process can be very intense and very exhausting and so I think that's awesome that you you keep that in mind. I'm I'm curious with the Russian approach to to tennis development. How important is the private tennis lesson versus a group session and how do you 
suggest that families, you know, kind of construct their week or their month in terms of having a one-on-one session with a coach versus being in a group setting versus match play, for example, and tournaments. Yeah. Let's add that in too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, that, that's a, not a good question. So um, usually when parents come to me with, with a question, with similar question, how many lessons sh- should we do? And uh, I usually tell them, well, you know, when I grew up in, in Russia, there was, there was my brother and I, my brother uh, play, played, uh, uh, played with me. So we were kind of growing up playing together and learning together. So him and I, uh, had a either private or semi-private lesson with my dad every, every day for you know three four hours for you know ten years. So so that's so that's what you what you kind of looking at like you 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 competing with somebody's doing that kind of workload somewhere else you know like I was doing. So mm-hmm. closest closest to that you can get in, in your resources and you, you you don't have to do it but. The closest you know you can get is is better, and I'll I'll say, you know, you know it depends if if kids go to school or not. You know, uh, you could do ideally probably a a private lesson a day and and a, like a hitting session a day. So that'll be probably the the best scenario. If if, uh, if kids don't go to school, they homeschool, for example. So maybe two hours in two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. That was, that was my schedule for for a really long time. But all of it wow. has to be, you know, how the you know a lot of a lot of parents that that I that I have right now, a lot of kids, you know, they'll do you know lesson or you know like. Two three times a week, but then also they go somewhere else, and that's where you know they 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 come back to me and the you know things go go away so quickly. So it's like a lot of a lot of it, a lot of times we play catch up. So I get them to a good level, and then I don't see them maybe for for a little for a few days, for maybe a week or two, and then they come back. The bad habits back, so it's like always kind of backtracking. You know, it's it's nice. You know, to to advance and ideally, you know, the coach will be doing private lessons and supervising the the group, you know, lessons as well. So so the the, the technique and and the quality will will stay, you know, be kind of be um, supervised. So you, they they can really just do kind of whatever they want to do, you know, in rally, which happens all the time. So in an ideal situation, you're saying five days a week you would have a one-on-one session with a with a developing player, and then those same five days a week they would have also a group session where they're drilling and playing points. Um, what about incorporating match play and tournament play in that schedule? How do you do that? Um, well, it, it'll it'll depend on how how far along uh, the players are. So in, in my book, I uh, I give a little uh, little like progression, which which I believe uh, is the most effective 
like when when you're growing up 10 12 years old you don't need to play so many tournaments you know the the way you know a lot, a lot of kids nowadays just all focused mm-hmm. on the tournaments and the, the all that technique and the fitness you know the important stuff kind of oftentimes overlooked so i'll, I'll do you know you, you can do matches like say you know if you do lesson private lesson in the morning and you do a healing session in the afternoon with say like you know three four kids and you can you can play points and you can play you know you can play sets in that time and then you know depends on the age and then you can take you know once in a couple of months if you're 10 or 12 years old just go out there and and play play tournament learn a bunch and come back and we you know work further you don't you don't necessarily have to, you know, play so many terms is, is is I guess the, is my point. You can, you can you can put yourself in that in that pressure you know against against kids in practice. Right. Yeah. For sure. For sure. Um, one of the things that you also talk about in your book is the importance of playing other sports. And you mm-hmm. mentioned at the beginning of, of this show that you started in your gymnastics and switched to tennis. If, I mean, the culture in the U.S. has gotten so crazy with all youth sports, not just with tennis, where, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're almost being forced to choose a sport by age seven or eight for our kids now. You know, the sports are not flexible in terms of, you know, you play this one in the fall for six or eight weeks, and then you have a little break, and then you play that sport for six or eight weeks, and then you take a little break and you play another sport for six or eight weeks. We don't really have that anymore here in the U.S., and I'm curious how you guide the parents of your players about multiple sports and playing multiple sports and, and what you feel the benefits are of playing those multiple sports. Oh sure. Well, when I when I talk to them about um, you know playing playing different sports, I, when I talk to my parents, it it's not it doesn't necessarily mean you know play organized and and being in league or you know join this this team or that team or you know it could be it could be as, as as simple as just you know going going out outside and like. Playing, playing soccer, or just get, get, getting some of your friends and, and family, and, and just just exposing kids to to a different um, different environment that that's also athletic. You know, it just kind of requires slightly different um, skill set. So, so I, a lot, a lot of I think I, I got uh, quite a lot. From, from uh, from playing soccer when I when I was growing up because my brother and I just really loved doing it and there was no no organized soccer at all we just played with a bunch of kids you know in our yard and it was you know we a lot of times did it after those two practices that that, that I mentioned so we we'll go mm-hmm. you know like after already been playing for like four or five hours of tennis we we'll go play another three hours of soccer at the end of it so we we're just going all all, all crazy. But 
you know, you see a lot of professional tennis players. Old, you know, a lot of Europeans used to play soccer when when they were growing up, and then they kind of made a made a choice. But they still they still like to play. You know, I think the getting getting just in different sports is a different expands your your horizons, makes you more athletic. Um, tremendous for footwork and you know. Sprinting, short, short bursts, and just overall coordination. Sure. So, yeah. That, well, I, I think. I, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I mean, the challenge then is to figure out how to kind of get back to that environment where kids just kind of get together without adults and play. And we just, you know, our society really doesn't cater to that anymore you know even if you live in the suburbs in a neighborhood I feel Mm -hmm. like everybody's constantly in their car going from this practice to that practice rather than the kids just hanging out in the cul-de-sacs and you know shooting hoops or kicking around a ball or playing tag or you know all the things I did growing up and right it's a real shame so you know I feel like at some point soon the pendulum is going to start to swing back the other way because I think we're we're all starting to recognize the fact that our kids are developing injuries that you know used to be adult onset injuries now they're they're showing up in you know young kids and and a lot of that has to do with the fact that they're overtraining at such a young age and specializing at such a young age and you know we're seeing more burnout um, and I. I so I, it'll be interesting to kind of watch the youth sports environment as a whole and see if we start to swing back toward child-led play as opposed to adult, you know, adult-scheduled uh, practices and lessons. Yeah, and yeah, that, that, that'll, be, that'll be quite interesting. I'm surprised yeah. we don't have, like, anything like that at local, like, parks or, you know, my, my daughter is, is still very young so I'm not I'm not as familiar with the with the whole system as you are so it'd be uh, it'd be interesting you know if by the time she kind of gets a little bit older we can find something that you know she can just participate just you know casually as a you know god willing she, she plays tennis and I can just introduce her to different sports but not you know in a yeah like sort of organized and in, in right guys are a little bit more flexible way. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wanted to ask you too, because I've been involved in, in kind of an extensive conversation with several different coaches about the whole red, orange, green progression. And I'm wondering if that is part of the Russian system of training young players. Um, I, w- I would say uh, definitely not. I mean, I, I uh, it's kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was chuckle a little bit, you know. I, I understand. I totally get what what, what they where they're coming from, you know, with the green dots and all. But you know, there, there's tons of players that that came out of U.S. You know, in the '90s when I when I was watching those, you know, Sampras, Agassi, Courier, Chang. You know, Wheaton, Creek, Scene, all, all those guys. Like none of those guys had green green dotted balls. You know, Rafa and 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 Roger, like none of those guys had. had, I mean, they they had clay courts. I mean, 
that that's a separate story. That actually, I would I would say that could be a, a legit factor in in U.S. Seven, the lack seven, of clay courts. Yeah, I think the clay courts is, is you know really adding kind of that what what they try to get with the I think with the green dots is just right. the l- longer points, but but also helps a lot with with your balance and and how you you know how you get to the ball and you know in from from that like the, the longer rallies longer you know requires you think you know requires your you know mental state to be very very intense to sustain long rallies and and, and so forth so i think there's, mm-hmm. a, there's a lot of benefits but i don't know about green green dotted green dotted thing i'm not, I'm not a big fan of it so how do you manage that with your 10 and under players that you work with? Because the way the USTA tournament structure is here, you have to go through kind of that whole progression, right? Yeah. Yeah. They, they kind of make you go through, but you know, for the first and the first and foremost, like I mentioned earlier, when you, when you 10 and under playing, a lot of tournaments should be, you know your your last priority. That that is not at all where you, where you should be focusing your t- attention about. And if you and if you do play, you know, winning ten- tennis tournaments is is not is not essential. So you 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 shouldn't be playing a lot. You know, begin with. But you know, if you do, the you you always can go go back to. Um, Green dotted balls. If you really, really, you know, want to play and go back for a couple of practices or for you know a few days leading up to the tournament, you know, maybe a week or so, mm-hmm. and just kind of get, you get, get, get familiar with it. You don't use those balls when you train your players. I don't. I mean, my my whole thing is, you know, I'm, we are we are focusing with with the with my kids on the on the results when they're seventeen, sixteen, eighteen years old, mm-hmm. so we, we we need to be thinking what what kind of skill set we we're gonna need to have at that time to be successful. You know, playing playing and winning green, green dot tournaments is is whatever. It's it's not it's not the goal. We you know work work in technique and you know. Trying to get them to, to the high level in that in that in that department, and right? In a couple well, of so years, it's not going to matter anyway. You're you're very process oriented, obviously, and as opposed to results oriented, which I think is the right way to be. Um, that's you know, I all the stuff I've read and and the research I've seen. Uh, points to the fact that process-oriented training is much more effective long-term than results-oriented training. And so I think that's awesome. But I also know that parents like to see results. Mm -hmm. And one of the challenges for junior coaches is how to balance that whole process versus results or outcome um, in terms of, you know, keeping players long-term. And 
one of the things I'm trying to do with Parenting Aces is to help parents understand that it's not about winning in the 10s. It's not about winning in the 12s. It's not even about winning it in the 14s. It's really not until the 16s and 18s where the winning is the issue. But at the same time, kids need to learn how to win, right? I mean, it's yes. a mindset. It's a, it's an approach. And so how do you balance that um, with this process-oriented approach to training? Um, this is not a good question. You're full of good questions. Lisa. I'm full of them today, aren't I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's um. Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, definitely a challenge. I'm not gonna uh, sugarcoat it. You know, setting up good good technical platform, you know, doesn't doesn't always guarantee. You'd be a good player. I, would, I like to make distinction when I talk to uh, uh, my players, and I'll, I'll say um, there's a difference b- between a good tennis hitter and a good tennis player. The, mm-hmm. the, the, so, so, so my, you know, the way I approach them and the way I try to help them is you, they have they have to see tennis for what it what for what it really is. Tennis fundamentally, and that's kind of one of my uh, questions that I like to ask. And actually, very few people get it on the first try. I, I do a open, open-ended kind of a blank kind of a question. I say, tennis is a, and they usually say sport, you know, something like that. And but rarely somebody says it's a game, but it is. You know, my dad instilled in me, and that, that's why playing out of sport, sports kind of helps that aspect it's it's a game it's it's you tricking outplaying outsmarting the other guy that or the other girl that's mm-hmm. fundamentally what it's about you know the 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 way you do it you know your technique your you know your mechanics and and all that stuff those are just the tools of how you're gonna do it but but it's but you know i I usually would talk to my um players about about that and try to instill that kind of a, you know, being, being cunning and being, uh, just using, using your mind, you know, as a tool, not, not in a, in a, in a nasty way or whatever, like cheating or anything like that, but just being, being aware that the mental aspect, you know, it, it is, it's very important and, you know, how you present yourself, how you, you know, you know, use your body language to, to kind of impose some additional pressure, how you deal with the different match situations. We kind of go, you know, all, all through that. And, you know, that's why really why they should be playing tournaments like in, in the, whatever, 10s and 12s, like they're every, every now and then, whatever, like, like I said, once in a couple of months, month and a half, whatever, what have you, but because it, that exposing yourself to that environment kind of helps you helps you go, and that's the really, really major aspect why why you should be even considering kind of playing at that age is kind of gradually getting gaining some you know insights and in mental techniques and in kind of accelerating that all the way through seventeen eighteen years old. 
Right. Right. No, I mean, it's, it's super important. And, you know, I, I like that you said that, you know, knowing how to, how to hit and being a good hitter is very different from being a good player. And that's, it's just such a good statement and it's so true. There are a lot of people and, and you look at it, even, you know, in collegiate tennis, everybody hits the ball well, right? Everybody is at a certain fitness level, but there are those players who dominate match after match after match because they understand how to actually play the game of tennis. So, you know, and it's a learned thing for most kids. I mean, most kids don't walk onto the tennis court understanding strategy and tactics, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, the, and that's the, that's kind of the other, you know, the other thing that that I I try to kind of instill in in parents, and it kind of goes with, with your question. So, you know, a lot, a lot of times, you know, parents like they want me to work on on strategy, and you know, without you know, having the technical base, so that's that's why the the, the the technique has to precede strategy, right? They, I, if they, if they, if I tell the kid, okay, execute this pattern, and then I have the tools to execute it, then it, it doesn't do any good at all, right? So, in in one once they have, you know, some some command of of their shots, and then we can then we can set up patterns, and uh, I think one one most important tools in the I talk about that in in my book, which which I used to do. In my my brother and I, we used to watch tennis for hours. So, watching watching tennis, and I, I tell 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 my students, you, you gotta watch a lot of tennis because it's it's all there. You you know, I mean, there's how how many patterns are there? There's, there's probably I don't know fifty patterns total in in the, in the whole game or what or whatever. So if you, if you just know all of them, at least you have you know, have understanding for you know which which shots to go for. You know, here's, here's what what the pros do. Okay, that, that's probably the you know the way to go. And you, you you learn that, and then the more patterns you know, the more flexibility you have. You know, to kind of bend your game based on who you're playing, based on the 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 type of a player you're facing. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's interesting that that you're a big proponent of watching the pros play. And I, you know, this is another thing I I push a lot is taking kids to college tennis matches, taking them to high school tennis matches, taking them to pro events if they're in your area, whatever, even if it's just a club tournament, um, taking them out to watch. But there's there's a productive way to watch tennis. And then, you know, there's other ways to watch tennis. So right. in, ter- yeah. in terms of how to watch and what types of things the kids should be looking at and looking for, you just mentioned the patterns of play. I think that's a huge one and understanding, you know, how the various pros are using shots and angles and movement and spins and all of these different aspects of the game to create different patterns. What else should they be looking for? Um, a, a lot of uh, I, I I teach them actually in between like in between my sets like we, we talked about earlier. Sometimes I pull up a video that that uh, I just found and we 
we watch it together and I kind of, I, I teach him how, how to watch it. I'll, I'll kind of narrate, you know, say a, a, a Federer's point and, and kind of tell him like what his thought process is like, like, you know, he hits a good, hits, like for example, he hits a good shot. He, he takes a couple of steps forward because he knows the response is not, is not going to be great. So he, his, his mindset is, is always, okay, I'm going to take a little bit of time right here. take a little bit of time, uh, over there from from uh, my opponent's recovery, and all of a sudden the opponent runs out of time at the end of the point. You know, like things like that, and and mm-hmm. I just kind of teach teach him how to how to see those things, and and uh, and uh, and of course uh, a lot of it is attention to detail in terms of technique, because as, as much as uh, you know, I can I can coach and and we can go totally like very, very deep in terms of getting the proper technique and, and, and the proper strokes, there are still shots that are almost impossible to, to drill or, or replicate in, in practice. They just, they just happen, you know, during the point and you, you have to know how to handle them. And the, the only way you're going to know is if you, if you see people, you know, pros do it enough times. So, you know, okay, you know, this, this drop shots, whatever I'm getting is crazy, you know, wh- where I'm going to put it. You know, if you, you see it enough, you, you'll kind of know, you know, your, your, thought, your thought process will be set on a, on a, on a correct pattern or like a, a, on, a, on a winning pattern. And, uh, well, yeah, it, right, and I, I think the key is that, that you actually sit down with them and teach them how to watch these matches. I think that's really important. And I don't think that's a common practice. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, unfortunately, I I don't know personally from, you know, from talking to parents or even, you know, observing uh, other coaches. I don't think that's, that's, that's being really, really taught or, you know, maybe I'm wrong, but, you know, they're just kind of, they're just a thing that, that I believe because I know how much I personally got from, from watching tennis when I was growing up. Like my brother and I watched Sampras and Agassi for hours. Like I read in my book, we, we, we could literally, like we knew every word of our announcers <laughs> and we, we, we just knew all the patterns. So naturally when you go out to play, you, you know, you know, <laughs> Where, where to go? Okay, I want I want to be like Sampras. I want to hit that shot, and then you just kind of you know put yourself in in their mind frame, which is which is ideal. Like those those guys already have a perfect mind frame of all the patterns. So you, as long as you can put yourself in, but also you know it's funny because uh, my brother and I were growing up, and uh, you know like in between or whatever after practice we just hit one handers just for fun. Because both of us have two-handed backhands, and uh, mm-hmm. I learned my my entire one-handed backhand, which is which is, you know, I'll I'll say it's it's very good. I mean, it's it's probably you know division one, not at the level right now, because I've been just practicing. But I learned it entirely by watching. I I haven't had a single lesson. Nobody explained to me how to do it at all. All all I, all I did is watch Sampras do it, and I just learned it by watching him. And now it's better and not other guys but it's 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 very it's very 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 uh effective if you 
just really you got you have to you have to know how to focus on, on details and kind of const- like deconstruct it and construct it back you know and right. on, on, on yourself also an action item for my listeners is to ask your child's coach have they sat down and watched tennis with your child and explain to your child how to effectively learn by watching and what things to look at and look for and how to use that information when they're out playing themselves. And for the coaches that are tuning in, I would encourage you to take some time. I've talked about this a lot, Alexi, you know, how there were days where my son would go out to the court with his coach and they wouldn't hit a ball. You know, they would spend the entire lesson time either talking or uh, watching video or learning how to string rackets or whatever it was. Mm. And, and I was good with that because the coach explained to me why it was important to have those types of lesson days. And so I think that, you know, as long as the coach is telling the parent look, you know, tennis lessons aren't only about how many balls your child hits. It's, they're also about these other aspects and learning these other aspects of the sport and how to play the sport and how to play the game of tennis. Um, And so I would encourage the coaches to, if you're not already, to start having those conversations with the parents of the kids you work with and parents start having that, those conversations with your child's coach because all of it goes into making a great tennis player, right? Right, and I'll I'll, I'll really encourage um, all uh, all parents who are listening to to you know to really educate themselves and maybe watch with with their you know watch with their kids you know together and make not make but encourage their kids to uh, to watch this is this such a um, incredible resource in YouTube nowadays. You can you can find any pro doing slow motion forehand or whatever, any any shot. And you can you can learn from that. You can watch matches. You know, my my dad bought a VCR and would freeze frame every frame just to learn the the right technique. Now you just go on YouTube and you you, you click better slow motion forehand. And there's there'll right. be like twenty videos. Yep. So yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. And so Alexi, we're running out of time. So before we close here, I wanna just give you the opportunity to tell the audience how to reach you and how to get your book. Yeah, so um you can uh you can always reach me, ask me real questions. I'm happy to, to, to help and um and even you know Take a look at uh, you know your kids' strokes or what have you. I can be reached uh, uh, via my website, which is aztenniscoaching.com, and um, you can find my book there as well. It's uh, it's on the website, and um, I have all my information there. So feel free to be in touch with me. I'm I'm located in Los Angeles area, so if you have a round, you know, look me up, and I'll. I'm happy to help. Fantastic. And I'll have those links in the show notes for the this week's episode. So 
to my listeners, be sure to check that out, uh, whether you get the podcast on iTunes or you get it through parentingaces.com or wherever you get it, you should be able to access the show notes and those links will be there. Um, Alexi, thank you so much for being with us this week and sharing your approach to coaching juniors through the development process. Um, I always learn something from my guests and this week is no different. So I appreciate you taking the time out to speak with us. Of course, Lisa. Thanks so much for having me. Hope uh, to speak with you soon. Fantastic. To my listeners, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Parenting Aces. I'm Lisa Stone, and you've been listening to the Parenting Aces podcast. For tennis parents, by a tennis parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to us and write a review on iTunes. For more information on navigating the junior and college tennis journey, please visit us online at parentingaces.com. Thanks for tuning in and sharing us with your tennis community.